Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. John, you've known me a long time, right? A couple of years. Yeah, I'm not going to talk. Hello and welcome to the 34th edition of the Jaguar Report podcast. I didn't bother to check before this one, so it sure. might be the 33rd or something. Sure. But welcome. We've got a lot to go over today. Um, it's been two whole weeks since we recorded last. I think we're doing a little bit better in that regard. But my name is Gus Logue. I'm joined by John Shipley, who's just in Indianapolis for Combine Week. How's it going, Chip? Hey, you're, you're absolutely right, by the way. 34th. Look at you. 34th. All right. No, I'm doing good, man. I'm I'm happy to be back in Florida. That was, that was the second time in my life I've ever flown. Coincidentally, both times I've been to Indianapolis for separate events entirely. <laughs> and it was all right. It, 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 I, I can see the pros and cons to it. <laughs> I didn't know. So, okay, well, my first that. question is. We've got a lot of like Jags news to go over, but obviously we're going to hit the combine first. And my first question is, did you end up going to Elmo's or whatever that? No, we we went to a place called Tony's Steakhouse, and I'm I'm pretty sure probably the most hated table they had th- throughout the throughout <laughs> the entire week. But no, it was it was it was fire, man. It was absolutely delicious. It you immediately regret it once you see you know the bill come around, but you can definitely see how you know the uh, up and ups in the NFL and stuff how they just love going to Annapolis and just wine and dine people for weeks. I will say uh, while we were there, Keanu Benton was also out to eat with 
somebody. I don't know who, but it was funny. <laughs> it was in this nice, nice steakhouse just in his, you know, defensive line zero zero one jumpsuit. It was <laughs> it was a good bit. So you think it was like an informal interview rather than just like him getting dinner with his mom? Don't know, honestly. Don't know. <laughs> he was he 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 was with a uh, older white gentleman. So I, I will go on a branch to say it wasn't his mom. I, I remember when I was at the Senior Bowl last year. Uh, me and some people saw Malik Willis like go into a restaurant with uh, the like Giants general manager Shone or whatever his name is. So we were like. And that was like obviously still pretty early on in the process. We were like, oh boy, Malik Willis at fifth overall or whatever. So it's always fun to kind of like just dump, jump to conclusions. You know, it's it, reckless. It, it is. And the combine is the perfect time for like, I, I know everybody, you know, loves to ask it. And I understand why. Because if I was a reader, I'd want to do the same thing. People want to know like who's talked with who at the combine. Like t- teams, like with all the people they have, they talk to like, a ton of people at the combine so visits right. are more important but i love seeing people connect the dots with uh talks at the combine because what was it this time last year uh was it aiden hutchinson was uh talking about how he met with the jaguars and how people you know he was like by far the favorite to go number one at this time wasn't he yeah i would say so i think it was after the combine like there was some like rumors swirling around of trayvon being like a potential sleeper but like those were all just kind of like rumors at that point <laughs> just rumors <laughs> Well, what about you? Did you do any whining and dining? You had a really good article on Jaguar Report about kind of just like, I don't know, hot gossip that you picked up. So do you want to like summarize some of your best stuff that you got? Yeah, no, I, I was in Indianapolis, you know, for what was it, like probably north of 48 hours. So I was able to go out a few times, you know, talk to some people around the leagues, people that I knew, some people that, you know, I was happy to meet. And I think the big thing was, you know, it's kind of, played out exactly how you know some of them kind of said you know evan ingram obviously got franchise tagged the the jaguars you know they weren't at all ever going to let evan ingram be a free agent you know like i know the hypotheticals were always out there but when other teams were straight up like yeah we're not even bothering doing homework on this guy that's because Mm -hmm. it's already like known that okay he's gonna you know stick around one way or another so that is something that you know they were able to nail uh exactly a lot of people thought Juwan Taylor is going to become a free agent, that he's some of the teams are going to really be excited about, you know, just considering how young he is, the fact that he's been really durable, that he's a strong pass blocker. And a lot of people think, like, it's probably in his advantage to, you know, try to test free agency. And, you know, me and you were talking about it before the show, but you look, even after all the restructures the Jags have done, the extensions, releasing Shaq Griffin today, they're still at like what, like eight million, like over the cap, like they, <laughs> right? They're still not in like in a position to compete with anybody for Jawan Taylor unless he wants to take like a big hometown discount. So I, I think it's pretty clear around the NFL that he's probably going to be playing elsewhere next year. At least that was the vibe in, in Annapolis. And then uh, teams think that they're going to good defense in the first round again. I mean, teams think either defense or tight end was what people said, and I don't know if tight end was strictly because. A Doug Peterson, you know, you and I have talked about, you know, maybe the possible fallacy of Doug Peterson and two tight ends. But I mean, right. when you get down to 24 overall in this class, you know, I, I I feel like I've watched probably a top 20 and 25 guys in this class, like consensus guys. And it, it, it's not, in my opinion, a class with 24 bona fide first round talents. Like, uh, it, you know, every class is good football players, but in this class and last year's class to me are 
boring you know i mean like they're not they're not good draft classes at least you know yeah. not in my opinion so i think it you know makes sense uh for 24 overall for like a guy like michael mayer a guy like darnell washington to potentially be the best option there not that it would necessarily be a, a good pick in terms of value or resources but just because at this point you know who, who else are you going to take even though you know we'll talk about it later there are some names who i think are beginning to make more and more sense as they shift towards free agency yeah, that was kind of the biggest takeaway I had from just like combine rumors about the Jaguars from combine week was just like the fact that they're probably going to keep going on defense in the first round. Because as you said, like the Engram rumors and the Jawan rumors were like kind of unsurprising. And we've already seen how those have played out. I guess not Jawan, but we kind of can expect where it's heading. But then, yeah, like, I mean, I was going to say on like one of my hot takes in previous shows that I think the Jags should like do offense no matter what, just because I'm sick and tired of them. Like I like I don't know the number off the top of my head, but I feel like in the past seven years they've drafted like nine defensive players in the first round. And so especially like with Trevor Lawrence in town and then like Calvin Ridley getting reinstated recently, which we'll talk about later. Uh it would be nice to see them go like all in around Lawrence and Peterson. But Defense seems like the more likely pick, and especially at defensive back specifically. Not necessarily corner, not necessarily safety, but defensive back, I guess, would be uh, like the leading candidate for position taken at 24th overall for the Jaguars. I think so. But, I mean, I almost want to say, you know, after the combine, like still, like other than Brian Branch, I still think corner is the way to go. Like over even safety, like this safety class, like, I don't see like any like real appeal, you know, to it. Like obviously there's some guys that can play, but I mean you just look at how some of these guys ran and there were like two guys who, you know, did better than like four, four, five or something, you know. This, yeah. Like if 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 you want to like improve the safety depth, I think that's something they have to do in free agency. So to me, if you're at twenty twenty four or you know, even potentially looking to trade up, I think it's cornerback. You know, I think potentially, you know, maybe there could be some guys defensive line that stand out there. And, you know, as we get closer and closer to the draft, the idea of an offensive lineman, I think, in, in the first round makes a little bit more sense. I mean, it, I, I think if you're going to go cornerback, offensive lineman, your first two picks, you'll probably get a better pair of players going offensive lineman at 24 and corner in the second round then corner in the first round and offensive lineman in the second round. I mean, if you can get somebody like maybe Darnell Wright at 24, I mean, I think I think that'd be an excellent pick. Maybe not DeJuan Jones. He is a maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe too big. I, I, when I looked at, like, his metrics and, and stuff, it's Jesus, man. Trent, Trent Balky's going to see him and just see <laughs> Trent Brown all over again, man. He's he's going to know it, man. Somebody's going to need to hold him back from turning that one in. I, I can I can just sense it. You, you, come on, you know it. Is that the Tennessee tackle that you're talking about? No, nah, the uh, Ohio State right tackle who was like three seventy four six eight. Oh. <laughs> Dude, just obscene. <laughs> you know they're you know they're gonna love him. Come on, yeah, you know it. And no, he had like you're right. he had like thirty six inch long arms. I feel like it's gonna be between him and Washington and Torrance. It's like well, one of those guys slash brian branch fall and then like if not just like what then yeah in torrance you know if you go to my account look at you know some of the res's you know the relative athletic scores are posted he's like basically virtually identical with mike upati who bulky was there you know when the 49ers drafted him and anthony davis in the first round and i mean if you look at a 
Torrance, you know, scouting report. You know, I, I just watched him. I'll have a write-up on the website later. And you look at a Eopati scouting report when he was coming out of Idaho. I mean, basically the same thing. So that's another guy. You know, I could be like, you know, he probably definitely sees, you know, players that he's drafted before who, you know, had relative success. I mean, I'd call Trent Brown and Eopati both probably, you know, good picks. And they're both huge guys. That kind of just like goes with the overall trend of balky of like size and length getting off the bus. <laughs> they're a bus team. They're a bus <laughs> team. Getting off. <laughs> give, give me, give me your honest take. Is is Aaron Donald impressive coming off the bus? Oh, I don't know what that was, but yes, Come on. Aaron Donald is impressive getting off the bus. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I know Balky's entire argument was about like length and stuff. But I mean. Aaron Donald is like the biggest outlier of like all outliers, and he still went like top fifteen. Like I know he went underdrafted, but I feel like it's not like it was Tom Brady. It's not like he was like a six round pick who the entire league ignored. Like I think if you like look on like his like whatever that like mockdraftable.com where it has like the webs of like the different measurements, like he was just elite in everything except for like height and length. I feel like. Like, he still had, like, plenty of other great qualities and, like, had ridiculous film at Pitt. And, like, I feel like he and DK Metcalf are, like, the two NFL guys that I think of in terms of, like, perfect physique. So, yeah, that was a pretty r- ridiculous Twitter take that you're referencing, that Aaron did, Donald isn't impressive with a shirt on. Did you watch the Balky interview with Pro Football Talk? No, I meant to. <laughs> please please do. The first – The one where he's, the- like – that's the one where he references getting off the bus, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. Watch the first at least minute of it. Uh, they, okay. he, he comes up and Chris Sims is like, your voice a little hoarse? <laughs> he's like, no, it's always been my voice. It's going to be my voice as long as I live or something like that. And it, it's just the most awkward interaction. Uh, I guess Chris Sims hasn't happens. known him for a long time, huh? <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> It, it the, the combine that I will say, I mean, I told you, you, you know, one day if you're ever able to, like, combine's the place to be. Like, if you like, like, the NFL, like, offseason in general, man, it's, it's a cool place. It, it, it's a cool place to be. And it, it was honestly, like, the last time I was at an event like the combine, you know, where it's just like a collection of the NFL was the 2020 Senior Bowl. And when I went there, the Jaguars were just like pretty much mocked by everybody you talk to. And then you go to the combine this week and everybody's like, Oh yeah. You know, Doug Peterson, you know, hell of a guy, Trent Balky, you know, good football guy, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I mean, speaking of those two, I was going to ask you like if you had kind of general takeaways from the press conferences, because both of them talked at the combine. Yeah, they did. And they, so they both did like their, national you know uh they get up at the podium and talk and then they also talked with the the local jack jacksonville media who came in strong in annapolis you know all, yeah all three of us yeah it was <laughs> it was it, it was a big scrum so yeah you know we were, we were able to get them both I, I i thought you know one one of my biggest takeaways was when doug peterson talked about the offensive line you know he mentioned how you know Going into the offseason, there's maybe more unknowns than people kind of think. Yeah, I mean, Ben Barch ended the year injured. Cam Robinson ended the year injured. Brandon Sheriff ended the year injured. Cam Robinson, you know, it's still unclear what the exact timeline is for, you know, when he's going to officially return. So I think there are definitely more questions there than, you know, people probably think. And he mentioned that's why a guy like Walker Little has value. And he mentioned unprompted, you know, maybe Walker Little has value inside. You know, maybe he has value on the left side. So, there, that may, that to me says there could be a scenario where, you know, maybe they get 
to you know 24 you know they get to the 20s and the board starts to get smaller and they think the best option is to take a right tackle move walker little inside and then just kind of reshuffle again for a year it seems like walker little is never gonna find a long, long-term place at this point but it, it, it at least showed me that you know the, the the jaguars you know know that the offensive line is at least an area of need greater than i think people thought he also mentioned how he he thinks like the running backs is a position group that can ultimately get better you know he mentioned how it was funny. It was like the the thing they need to do better is just running where we tell them to. Basically, <laughs> I'm like, that, yeah, that, that that makes sense. Aka, and, all my all my running backs have crap vision. <laughs> no, they, they you know they bounce it outside line, and, and yeah. I, I think something you know Travis Etienne getting more game reps, I think is going to be really helpful with that. But that to me just like says like Travis Etienne at like the most raw version he's ever going to be in the NFL was still like a 1,500-yard guy. So, like, if he can get any better at all, it's like an extremely dangerous, you know, piece to have. Yeah. I think they definitely need, like, to add different body types to the room, too, because I feel like it's, like, fun to compare, like, receiver rooms to, like, NBA teams of, like, oh, you need, like, different body types and whatever. But that's kind of true for, like, the Jaguars running back room where they have two, like, guys who do well in space and ETN and Hasty right now, but they, like, desperately need a power guy because Snoop Connor wasn't it, Hasty wasn't it, ETN wasn't it. So we'll talk about free agency a little bit coming up. And I feel like that could be a good area where they could just kind of like plug in an RB2 and like not really have to worry about it. But it's also interesting because it is a really strong running back class. So like seeing how teams kind of go about finding a guy in free agency versus just waiting until the draft will be interesting for that position. I it's, it's, I don't remember who it was exactly. Somebody at the draft network said they had a uh, visit lined up for Tank Bigsby with Auburn. So yeah, yeah, third fourth round running back. I mean, he, and, and Doug also mentioned you know during his national press conference that you know running back is somewhere they're looking to add to, and they want running back like the backup running backs to play more special teams. I mean, you say that, and then you know you look at how many special teams snaps New Connor played last year, and it's. Not, you know, exactly, you know, look at that and look at the visit with Tank Bigsby. That's not, you know, really a, a great sign for where he's at. You know, he played zero special team snaps last year. You know, 38 snaps overall. It, it just kind of seems like the Snoop Connor pick is kind of being, you know, flushed you know, pretty much as quickly as they can. Right. And I feel like the majority of the snaps came, like, against Houston in garbage time and just in garbage time in general. So... Yeah, no, I mean, it, what, what the one game was against what Houston, right? When he scored the the touchdown, which was like good for you. Yeah, but, it was a good run. That was a good run. Yeah, it was a good run. But I feel like I feel like Doug could be like like you or I when we play Madden, or like definitely like me, probably like you too. Or like even if like I get like a ninety five Derrick Henry on my team, like I'm still throwing the ball ninety percent of the time. Because, like, we've talked about how, like, Doug is, like, obviously a quarterback at heart. And so, I don't know. In my in my Madden League, you know, a couple of years ago, we did a fantasy draft. And, of course, I ended up being absent from my controller by the time my first pick came. Oh, no. It automatically took Derek Henry for me. <laughs> I, was, I was pissed, dude. I'm like, he's good, but I'm, I'm not going to. Right, because, like, in a, in a Madden draft, every other player takes a quarterback, right? Yeah, either then, quarterback or like Aaron Donald slash best of all. I also missed my second pick, and it gave me George Kittle. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so useless picks, dude. 
<laughs> so you're saying you didn't win the Madden League? I won the cup playoffs. All right, that's impressive. Never won anything. All right. It's like the Titans and 49ers. Oh. All right, well, let's see. We got to the Balky and Peterson pressers. Is there any, like, what other prospects kind of stood out to you in terms of the testing that they did in Indianapolis? I mean, I, I, I think overall, Cam Smith had a better day than I thought he was going to. I mean, I mean you look at how he did, and I don't know whether this is a bias just in terms of how I like to take my information, but I feel like, like RAS is obviously important, but to me, like a mock draftable web is maybe more indicative. You know, does that make sense? Because it kind of gives you an idea of how they do like on, on a weight adjusted scale and percentile and stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty easy to just like get carried away by the total overall RAS and be like, ooh, 9.1, this guy's a yeah. athlete. But then like he could be like small or like not bench or like one little thing that's like, actually, he might not but, last in the NFL. So I, well, I, I get what you're saying. That Baylor nose tackle actually had like a pretty good combine, you know, for his size. But since he's 250 pounds, you know, everything he does is slow and he gets stained. And, you know, people are like freaking out. Stuff. I'm like, no, he still did good. Yeah. Oh, this nose tackle didn't separate himself from Brian Brisey. He had a terrible combine. (laughs) Well, Cam Smith definitely overall. I, you know, Darnell Washington. You know, if if you're going to talk yourself into a tight end at 24, you have to, you know, there has to be some upside there. And I mean, he obviously, what what was it like the second best wingspan of any tight end like at the combine ever or something like that and then it 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 wasn't even just that and you know he was always somebody you know you'd expect to have a better broad jump than vertical and i think a broad jump is more important for him because he's already like six seven he doesn't need to jump very high you know it's more important for him to be explosive moving forward but like his short shot all time at his size is not something that I expected or something I really saw on tape at all. I mean, it just shows like he's a special athlete. So he's definitely somebody who stood out. I thought Julius Prince, um, Kansas State, is definitely somebody who kind of put himself on the radar. Uh, Darnell Wright is another guy who, you know, out of Tennessee, like he really, to me, checks pretty much every box. I know almost nobody really talks about him as an option at 24, but he's played left and right tackle. You know, NC started with like 40 or something games. Former five-star recruit, and now you know had a great thing, a great day of testing. I mean, he, he's somebody who, to me, is just you know continue to check box and box and box. And then, I mean, other than that, obviously the Northwestern defensive lineman. I'm not even going to attempt. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. Even yeah, I was hoping you were going to bring him up because, like, I wasn't wanting to mention him, but I wasn't going to say his name either. Yeah, he tested like a shorter Miles Garrett. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that's freaking insane. Yeah, and Miles Garrett is like. I mean, up there with Aaron Donald and DK Metcalf of just like the freakiest of the freaks. Yep, (laughs) for sure. But I meant to ask this earlier, and I forgot. Before we move on, what's your take on the, you know, getting off the bus is impressive, you know, quote. I mean, I feel like anyone who like not that Bucky wasn't serious about it, but like people probably took it like too seriously and like ran away with it. But like, I don't know. Like he was trying to say that like size and length are important which like we already knew that he valued that so like i didn't really think it was like a crazy quote or anything like i think yeah, it's fair. I mean, and like is it, I don't, is that length important no. it, i mean it's maybe not like the most important thing but it's up there like yeah. you're not gonna have like there's gonna be people like tank dell and bryce youngs of like the prospects who were like great college players and just great football players in general but 
the NFL is the NFL and like you got to be it like not just like a great football player but like just such a uh unique body type yeah. in terms of like just like world body types like I, I I will say you know I mean there have been some guys who have kind of gone against that grain that he's picked up I mean Christian Kirk in you know free agency last year for example you know I mean he's 12th percentile among receivers and you know arm length you know of course he's just a slot receiver and stuff like that but you know there are exceptions here and there but I thought so too I thought people you know Went, went overboard with it, but it does kind of show that, you know, for as much as I think Michael Mayer is a really good player and I'd probably take him on the 24th overall pick, he's kind of a T-Rex, and I'm not sure if Balky's going to take a guy like him in the first round. Oh, yeah, no, dude, his arms are, like, short. He was, like, 7 percentile or something embarrassing like that. Like, it, it was bad enough that he – I I have really short arms and, like, le- Same. Legit, legit, bro. I have, like, 29-inch arms or something <laughs> like that. It's, it's bad, dude. Michael Mayer had 7th percentile uh inch arms I, to the point where I would have faked an injury. Honestly. Yeah. Just, uh, just so my arm length isn't public knowledge. You you don't have to fake an injury. I feel like everyone can just like say like nah I don't feel like it if they don't feel like doing certain drills at this point. I would have faked an injury. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like it'll be interesting to see like where he ends up because if he's like drafting the first round, then people could be like disappointed with like how he starts off his career and like maybe even his overall career. But if he's taken in the second, then it's like I could see him being a steal. I don't know. I, I just feel like he's like one of those guys where it's like people are like thinking like a little bit too hard about it. Where it's like yeah. I don't even I don't necessarily think he should be like a top twenty four guy, but like easily a top fifty guy. Yeah, even no, with T Rex arms. Yeah, no, definitely. And I, I mean, I it doesn't change anything like how really I see you know his game. I still think. This tight end class is kind of him and Washington, and then every everybody else. And I mean, even for Jaguars' purposes, you know, the Ingram we'll talk about later, but the Ingram tag makes guys like Kincaid and Musgrave like just don't draft those guys at all. Even the worthwhile, like valuable. No, I think that's definitely a good point. Is that like there's a specific mold of the Jaguars would have to go after as a tight end too? Because like I read an article today about like. Uh, like just like free agent fits with like new teams, and it was like Mike Gesicki to the Jaguars, and it was like, like they were like the article was quoting how like Doug Peterson likes two tight end sets, and so like yeah that's true, but like Engram and Gesicki are both like basically just like big slot receivers, yeah. so that makes no <laughs> sense at all. That's like why Darnell makes so much sense is because like you kind of have like a better one two punch versus just like a one one punch or whatever. So, Gesicki would be. <laughs> yeah, dude, that would just be an absolute galaxy brain addition. <laughs> that where, would be where, where was that? Where was that? It was um, a football outsiders post published on ESPN. Gotcha, gotcha. So it was uh, the Shats main guy. That is who generally a, I think is solid, but yeah, no, he is good. That is uh what is it? I, I I posted it when I saw the Daniel Jones numbers and Sylvia at the intervention. Disgusting. <laughs> Bro, the Daniel Jones extension, when I saw it, I guess we might as well skip ahead since we're talking about it. But, like, when there was, like, reports that he was going to get 40-plus, I was like, well, that's disgusting, but I didn't really think anything of it. And then when it came out officially yesterday, like, that was the most shocked I've been about sports news in some time. I was like, it's literally Blake Bortles, and this is literally what the franchise tag is for. 
Like, what are we doing here? Yesterday set back quarterback discourse like 30 years. Oh, my God. Yesterday dude. was a horrible day. <laughs> yesterday oh, was absolutely terrible for quarterbacks, dude. Yeah, it was. Um, I the, the, the Daniel Jones deal, like, I think he's probably better in Bortles, but, like, he's still two fifteen touchdowns, dude. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he is better than Bortles, but, yeah. Just tag him. I know you probably couldn't do anything in free agency if you did, but yeah, like they they would have been like really worried about Saquon, which I feel like is like the big factor is that they signed Jones so that they could tag Saquon. But now, just having to give Daniel Jones one hundred and sixty million dollars so you can franchise tag Saquon. (laughs) When you say it out loud, it's it's stupid, right? Oh man, and like right. if, like if the Giants had just like lost two more close games this year, which would have been like very feasible, like how different could their like offseason look? Yeah, now I mean, I won't say I watched every single Giants game, but it literally like when the Jags played them, like he they run a pop Warner offense. I mean, <laughs> they they do the same thing. Like I do, just okay. Let's put one of our fastest kids at quarterback and just have him run left and run right all game. Yeah. Like they, they, they honestly, if they had done this with Blake Bortles and had a coach smart enough to, he probably would have done a lot better. Like just turn him into a pure runner, you know, lots of RPOs, basically cut the field in half and stuff and make everything easy on him. Nobody ever did that with Blake Bortles. You know, if they did, you know, Jaguars probably would have given him like $160 million. That's true. I feel it just felt like they lived off the crossing routes. <laughs> the dump offs. Oh man! All right, should we talk about Lamar a little bit since we're on the subject? Disgusting. Yeah, it's nah. like ah, uh, collusion. No, it, it, I I don't see like the upside. Like I hundred percent get like both sides. Like it's perfectly reasonable for Lamar to demand like fully guaranteed money after Deshaun Watson got it. It's perfectly reasonable for the Ravens to be livid at the Browns for <laughs> giving. And like, it, it's not even like a secret what the issue is. Like, somebody retweeted it yesterday. Like, it's literally like the Ravens owner said it last year. It's like, no, giving Deshaun Watson this much money is going to make everything hell. Yeah. And I honestly think, like, unless a guy like Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert does the same thing and like ask for fully guaranteed. Lamar is probably going to get shafted. So I, I'm interested. I, I would love to see Mike Brown's reaction if Joe Burrow asked for like $300 million. Because <laughs> like the, the difference in the reactions between him and Shad Khan too, like Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence are both going to be paid so much money, but like how that looks could be like completely different just based on like how much cash available their owners have. What, did, did you see that Doug uh, acknowledged, you know, Trevor's contract? Yeah, up. was that also like unprompted, or did someone kind of ask? Him uh, that, that that was an athletic story he did with the Jeff Jeff Howe, whatever. And resident yeah. Jaguar slash Dolphin slash NFL reporter. Yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a that was a story he did with him. But it at least shows that like the Jack, obviously, you know, they think they're thinking ahead, but the Jaguars know like a Lawrence deal is on the horizon, which makes me think you know they won't pussyfoot around it and you know try to start negotiations like way down the road. Like it's probably better if you just start next year because okay, he's probably gonna get paid after Hertz, but you you kind of want to pay him before Burr and Herbert get paid, right? Right. Yeah, it's interesting because I feel like like in all of like the contract articles I've read recently, it's been like 
Hertz, Herber, and Burrow are next in line with like no mention of Lawrence. But then like when I was reading the Peterson quotes, it was like he was trying to put it off like, oh, like in a year or two or like just whenever it happens. But it definitely seemed like it was more of like, okay, we might try to get this done like specifically next offseason. I mean, because I'm just looking at all these other guys coming up. Like there's nobody else, you know, basically after Trevor. You know, right now it's you know those guys that you mentioned and Trevor in terms yep. of new money and obviously Lamar whenever he you know gets paid. So like, if you're the Jaguars, you don't you know really want to wait. Like to me, it doesn't make sense to have him be like the last one to get paid out of those four guys because then you're probably paying you know even more out the nose than you're going to anyways. I agree. It definitely makes way more sense to like just get the deal done and then kind of go to everything else than to start with all the other free agents and like off season business, like, like while your franchise quarterback savior is maybe going to stay with the team, probably going to stay with the team. That would be very suspect ground to be on. I mean, what other like young quarterbacks are set like to get paid like after Trevor, like Mac, I guess. No fields. I mean, what, when is their fifth year? option they'll be playing on it in 2024 right 2025 i think i think like i think fields could get not an extension in the lines of the other quarterbacks that we've named because the other quarterbacks have like proven stuff that fields hasn't but i also think that's like enough time for fields to prove himself that's fair that's fair yeah i agree go ahead yeah there's there's nobody else (laughs) there's nobody else after that it's trey lance is nobody at this point zach Zach Wilson might be in the AFL, XFL, whatever the league is at that point. US is it a USFL? Like what is it now? The XFL, right? I like it feels like there's 18 of them. There's like an <laughs> XFL and then a USFL and then like I don't even know. Didn't the, the Jags sign someone today, didn't they? Like a quarterback from one of the leagues? No, they was it today? I was like on Spock track earlier at work and I feel like I saw uh, something. Like Nathan, Nathan Rourke. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it was a couple of weeks ago. Uh, maybe it just like popped up in Roto World today. He had like 14 workouts, my friend. You you watch out. Nathan <laughs> All with the Jaguars are like, what do you mean? You <laughs> <laughs> ass. Want to make your own podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then lets you distribute it everywhere and anywhere, and even earn money right from it. And it's all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here is how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, no matter where you're at, you can start creating today. Uh, well, I kind of feel like the for Lamar, like at first, like the Ravens move was like, okay, we kind of want other teams to offer him because then that's going to like – I don't know, create like an actual market because like obviously they're on opposite sides of the guaranteed money. So like having other teams kind of set the market for them and help them out. And so then obviously the team saying like, no, we're not going to pursue Lamar feels like it's like collusion and that like they don't want to give him a fully guaranteed deal. But I also feel like it's the owners being like disunited too of being like, screw you ravens owner like like we know that lamar's not going to come to our team because you're just gonna match the offer sheet that we offer him so we're not even going to try like people can't act like it's normal for like so many teams to leak that they're not interested in even 
Because, like, it's not even that you have to trade for him. Like, they're saying, like, we're not even interested in talking to him. Like, come on now. That's that's not normal. Yeah, like, for, like, even just one team, like, everyone on the internet was stunned that the Falcons said no. Just because, like, partly because I felt it was, like, one of the most fun places to imagine him going. But then, yeah, when it was six different teams in one afternoon saying explicitly that we're not going to pursue Lamar, it was, like, all the sirens started going off. The, the Falcons having a terrible week. A terrible what? Terrible week because did, of did what you else read? Is did you read uh, Ridley's letter? Uh, yeah, yeah, they look terrible <laughs> on that. Yeah, it didn't look good. Nah, nah. Sports, uh, sports medicine sucks, right? Which is weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't know. There's a lot of smart people. You would, yeah, no, you think they have all the you think, sports or something? You think they have all the resources? So yeah, no Falcons are zombie. Falcons are zombie franchise. Like I saw, I saw somebody not naming accounts. Somebody had to take their like. Well, it makes sense for teams like the Falcons and Panthers and Commanders to say they're out on Lamar. They don't want to trouble the waters with their young quarterbacks. And I'm like, it's Sam Howell and Desmond Ritter and Matt Corral. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's such a bad excuse. Even for Tua, it's like. Even if it was Tua, like, without any of the concussions, it's, like, Lamar is such a big upgrade. Like, how could you, like... And, like, clearly, like, the shit... Like, not just the NFL, but sports leagues in general have shown that it's a business. So, like, like I don't know why they're playing, like, the nice card of, like, oh, we love our quarterback. That's so mean. <laughs> Even without being concussion-prone, this kid sucks. <laughs> I didn't say he sucks. I'm just saying he's not Lamar Jackson. No, I agree. He kind of sucks, though, in Pico. It does. It does. I... Can Miami even even do it? Like, are they even able to? Like, I, they don't have a pick, right? I was gonna say, like, if they did do it, it would have to be after the. Tessa is no longer making any noise, so we're. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no, you're not. So I'll I'll keep it going at this point. Nope, nothing, guess. Yeah. Hear me now. Stay with us, folks. There you go. There you go. Okay, I'll I'll edit this all out. Except on the <laughs> Thank you. This is what you get when you subscribe to the YouTube channel. You get the outtakes. How about now? You get the outtakes. I don't know what just yeah, happened. Good. I'll try to I'll I'll try to not move uh, as much. No, the 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 Lamar situation upsets yeah, me too. Yeah. You know, you're, you're you're over here throwing your headphones across across the room, punning your your cat. It's well, it's because you, you won't ch- let me change my Super Bowl pick. That's why. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. no okay. You definitely cannot change it. Why are you picking the Ravens when they're here in this I sea was of like... uncertainty? They got Rashad Bateman on Twitter saying that their trainer that their trainer is the dude from. God, what was that movie with John Voight where he plays a high school football coach who just keeps getting his dudes like destroyed? You know, know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's <sighs> why the Ravens. I, well, okay. So I was looking over, like I was on DraftKings or something like that, just like looking over Super Bowl odds. To I don't know why, but I was like, I, like I like to like sell high and buy low is pretty fun to do, especially like it just feels good being right about those situations. So I was basically looking for buy low Super Bowl teams, and I was like, hey, I mean, if the Ravens get a cornerback too, 
like like replacing Marcus Peters and they just get Lamar back on the team, then like that automatically makes them like a top eight ish contender, if not top five, eight ish. So yeah. But my my last question on the Lamar thing is if he doesn't go back to Baltimore, what are the teams that you would like to see him play for? Detroit. Yeah. I'm entirely uninterested in Jared Goff. I agree, but I think the problem is that Brad Holmes or whoever their general manager is is very interested by Jared Goff. Like, he keeps hyping him up, like, this offseason. Like, every other GM is like, yeah, like, this guy's a quarterback, but you never know. And then he's like, I love Jared Goff. Las Vegas? Gross. I mean, I, I like I'm I'm probably a bigger McDaniel's guy than the public is because I think he's right. like, he took Tebow. He he took Tebow. <laughs> Stop. No, you're not allowed to talk anymore. I'm giving you my two because those were like that was like one good team. Easily the best two would be the Dolphins, even though we talked about how they're like in love with Tua and also kind of sort of in love with Tom Brady in the side. But like McDaniel, those two receivers and Lamar is like like I would quit. Everything, all like everything I'm doing, and move to Miami and try to cover that team. <laughs> and then same thing with San Francisco. Those weapons plus Kyle Shanahan plus Lamar Jackson. Damn I mean, it. like, John, what's happening? Are you just like naming the grossest teams on purpose? What? <laughs> <laughs> Mike Evans and and Chris Godwin. Oh, I guess, what? but it's like their line just feels so banged up. Okay. I got like two more in me. Uh, Carolina, Carolina, I like. Okay, um, give me one more. Give me. Not the Jets. I mean, the, the, I was about the... to say, if the Jets had a coaching staff that I trusted, I would say they should be all in for Lamar. I can't believe the Jets are marrying the idea of Aaron Rodgers. That, I mean, that's going to end up there at this point, right? Because like. The Jets are desperate for him, and the Packers are like seem desperate to get rid of him. So, like, yeah, I feel like yeah, it's, it's, it's at this point. It's Jets or retire. It seems like we, I don't know what the funnier outcome is. It might be him retiring, and then getting his rights traded to Houston when he tries to retire. <laughs> well, I feel like the like funnier short term would be him retiring because it's like I would think that you do like psychedelic drugs and go on a darkness retreat to like try to lose your ego and like practice mindfulness. But instead it seems like he comes out with the opposite with like a bigger ego and like wanting more attention. So then like, I don't know, just like after like all the BS of the past few seasons, him retiring would be pretty funny. That was deep. Yeah. Have you been on darkness retreat? No, but like it sounds interesting to me. Whereas like, I feel like it's gotten a lot of hate and like, like, I understand that, like, people are making fun of it because it's funny, and, like, that's very fair. But, like, I don't know. I've Like, I feel like a darkness street could be interesting. I like the meanness in the <laughs> meanness in the non-weirdest way possible. I would pay for, like, a reality show to watch you, like, in a darkness, like, retreat in, like, a Hobbit-like space. In, like, a what? Hobbit-like space, like what they said Aaron <laughs> Rodgers had. Shifter yeah. said it was Hobbit-like. I mean, yeah, you would have to set like an over under for like amount of hours that I would start talking to myself because like, I don't know, no sound or no light is like pretty tough. So I feel like eventually I would just get bored. And like, since I have no light, I'd have to like start making sounds myself. 
just to cut to keep myself from going crazy because i feel like the point would be to like clear your mind as much as possible <laughs> i can't yeah i know it's not fucking possible <laughs> become enlightened just get away there's no it. darkness there's no darkness retreat in this world that can clear this mind, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> okay um you got any other lamar takes let's move on yeah. uh, inter- like i guess keeping with the theme of contracts though the jaguars while we're not expecting them to be very active in free agency considering their cap space they were very active in the past week or two in terms of contract restructures because they restructured christian kirk zay jones brandon sheriff and then they also extended Roy Robertson Harris to Michael Hasty and CJ Beard Bethard. And so uh yeah, what does that mean, John? Tell t- explain to me like I'm Michael Scott, like I'm five years old. You're a child. <laughs> so they they've basically have done everything you can do, like in terms of like roster management to save cap space at this point, other than three things, which is like extending or releasing Jamal Agnew, which all indications to me have been that Jamal Agnew is going to play this season on his current number. So, mm-hmm. you know, basically it seems like the Jaguars are just accepting, you know, him at, and at, you know, on the last year of his deal at his current rate. Don't think he's going anywhere. Uh, restructuring Rayshon Jenkins, which is pretty much the only player they can restructure who they haven't yet. Uh, uh, Foye Luicon was also restructured. I didn't mention his name. Yeah. Sorry, go on. And waving, releasing Caleb on Chase on, which saves you what? Three million? Yeah. And I was going to say, even like the Agnew one, it's like, yeah, it saves money. But like, no, if they, if, if they do all those moves, they still, they say it's like, I think like six million altogether. Like, so it's like, they're basically, they're at where they're at. You know, it's, it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be hard to bring back anybody they haven't brought back at this point. The only other one I'll throw out there would be trading Cam Robinson, but like a, I don't really know what it looks like for his contract in terms of like how much money they would actually be saving and like whether or not it would have to be like a pre or post June first trade. But then also like even if like there's just like not gonna be a market right now or at least until like after the t- after teams like at yeah. least go through free agency and like whiff on a tackle. I don't even know if he'd pass a physical right now. That too. Yeah. Like I honestly like completely forgot about the injury until you like mentioned it earlier in the podcast. So yeah. I mean, I think it was a decent galaxy brain, but it's not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, overall, I mean, you and I talked about it. The best case scenario was when it came to, you know, they were always going to keep Evan Ingram. The best case scenario was, you know, agreeing to a long-term deal with him before March 15th so that you can lower his 2023 cap hit. And then I know in 2024, they're set to have a, a ton of cap space. Obviously, yes. obviously you know, you won't go need to use that on some guys like Calvin Ridley. You'll have Tyson Campbell coming up, et cetera. Devon Hamilton contract, who should uh, sure to break the bank. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, add it. <laughs> they basically get to not spend on the whole draft class. It's it's nice. <laughs> Um, yeah, so like the I would say that the it's fair to assume that the reason they're clearing up space is basically just to make room for their draft class because it's fair to say that like in free agency they're not really going to be heavy hitters at all, and like it's going to be like 
a few right. exciting role players at best. Am I right? What do you mean, man? They signed Calvin Ridley. <laughs> that was very exciting. Today was a very good day to be a Jaguars yeah. fan because, like, that Players Tribune article was like awesome by him. It was like even if you want to be like a loser and be like, oh, the players don't really write it; they have the ghostwriters. Like, obviously, like it comes from them, even if they aren't writing it word from word. And he, his article was like just as good as any other other ones on the Players Tribune. I don't think anybody had any of like the context of like why he left like the Falcons. And now, you know, when you read it like that, you're like, okay, well, that makes yeah. sense. You know, why wouldn't you? I think it's like, like there was reports that he had like was going through like mental issues, and then there was a report that his house got robbed, and there was like like might have been a report that he was playing on a broken foot in 2022, which was like a pretty significant nugget from the article, but. Like, yeah, to just, like, hear him say it in his own words and then just to be excited. Like, the the quote that was, uh, on my daughter's name <laughs> with Trevor Lawrence, if I'm healthy, I'm putting up 1,400 yards every year for Jacksonville. That got me going. That got me, like, you know the Kermit the Frog, Jeff? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one. I was, that was, that was good to read. And then, like, the video, too, of him just, like, meeting, uh, Balky and Peterson, you had <laughs> a photo so that was hilarious of like the two of they them. They were so happy. Peterson and Balky had the biggest grins. It was like Christmas morning for them. And then Calvin really retweeted your tweet, which is great. It was funny because Peterson, you kind of been keeping all of his excitement bottled up until now. Like every time he's been asked, like even at the combine about Calvin, he was like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like somebody asked him how he's going to fit in the offense. He's like, I don't know. We haven't met him yet. And then you watch the video today and it's like a kid on Christmas, Dave. Yeah. Yep. It, like just the idea of you know him just straight up replacing Marvin Jones, and then it's the same offense from last year. I mean that's that's crazy. I mean the Jaguars are in a good spot for Ridley because you know when you read about his foot, okay, it's probably for the best that he hasn't played you know in a while, some less wear and tear on him. Mm-hmm. And then also for once the Jaguars are a good franchise for a player like Ridley because I I don't know if did you watch his interview with Bucky Brooks? No. Okay, like he, no he one talked, that the team really. Yeah, yeah. Nah, he he see, talked yeah. about how like the Jaguars having success like kind of helped like re-energize him and get him excited for football. Like, okay, the 2019 Jaguars couldn't have traded for Calvin Ridley. Like, they would have, like, he would have wanted to stay away from football. <laughs> you know, like, you know, like 2021 Jaguars couldn't have traded for Calvin Ridley. Like, they're at a point now where you know they they are on that trajectory. You know, positively enough that you know. People like Ridley and people, you know, other players of the league actually want to be a part of what they're doing, which is pretty much a first for, <laughs> you know, since I've been there. Yeah. And it's like not just him, too, because like the thing that was so exciting about the DeAndre Hopkins rumors about how he wanted to be in Jacksonville was like, obviously, it's like awesome to imagine him like, like as if you're building a Madden roster or whatever and adding to the offense. But like, more than that, just like the fact that he specifically said, I want to play with Trevor Lawrence, I want to play in Jacksonville, is like just has massive implications. So today was really exciting in terms of like everyone kind of expected him to get reinstated, but it was one of those things that's like now that it's done, you can kind of take a deep breath and be like, here we go. Hey, we, we nailed the timeline. Yeah, that's uh, true. After the combine, right, baby. Yeah, and before the league year, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think like this offseason is going by bump it <laughs> going by pretty quick? Because like free agency is next week, which is like I think it's maybe partly because there's an extra week added to the season, but still it's like free agency is next week. Usually I have like a entire like mock offseason thing where I've been grinding 
like these scrub free agents for the Jaguars to sign. And like, I don't know, maybe I just have less time too, but it's, it's coming up quick. I, I, I think it's both. Like I, I definitely have less time. I, I think you probably definitely have less time, but it's also like, it's flown by super quickly. Like it, it used to feel like that was kind of the dead space in the off season was between the super bowl and free agency. And now like you said, it feels like it's literally here immediately. And this time last year, I was in a car heading to mountains in North Carolina before the Jaguars did free agency. So this time I'm going to make sure I'm, I'm, I'm staying here as they do. <laughs> do nothing at all, but no, yeah. it, it's it, it definitely like did the draft is in like fifty something days, isn't it? Yeah, I mean less than two months. Yeah, so it, it's it's, next, it's definitely next month technically. Yeah, it's definitely flying by. Yeah, well, as we've said numerous times, the Jags aren't going to be signing anyone super exciting in free agency. But are there any names that kind of stand out to you? There was a uh, was it Sheldon Rankins? There was a defensive tackle you mentioned recently as like a good under the radar guy. How's this? Byron Murphy. Yeah. Yep. Come on. Sell me on him. Sell me, sell me this pin. Sell me <laughs> on him. Okay. Um, athletic cornerback who has inside-outside versatility is a little bit short, but, I mean, he's basically young and athletic, and, like, anytime there's a young and athletic and, like, not-too-injured player that hits free agency, like, they're going to get – scooped up by another team because those guys are just like rare to come across in free agency. So like Byron Murphy and then Rocky Sin was, I don't know how much he's played in the slot per se, because I feel like the Jaguars are definitely looking for someone with the versatility, but those were like two just like young corners who are kind of like looking for a new spot that I thought could be interesting. Yeah, no, I, I definitely feel like corner and defensive line are going to be the positions they have to look at. How about, how about Manuel Mosley? Yep, he's he's like one of my sleepers. Someone like I sent that into like a Twitter group chat yesterday. Is Emmanuel Mosley and Chauncey Gardner Johnson, who's like a little bit of a head case. Although Baki likes that, and a it, bit. but more so, he's going to be like probably too expensive for the Jaguars. So I'm trying yeah. not to like get too excited for him. But like Chauncey and Mosley would be two guys. <laughs> Jimmy Ward. <laughs> no. <laughs> What about because I saw he's a free agent, he played in the slot yeah. pretty well last year. So, like, hypothetically, it's a good scheme fit, but yeah. So, come on, uh, come on, give me, yeah. I, I like a, a defensive tackle, you know, Mike Caldwell knows he's a big guy, not a, not a sexy name, but he's a name. Okay, here's a sexy name for you, uh, Quellen Farrell, or however you say his name, because he's got 35 inch arms and used to be coached by Buckner. I just read like an article that was like apparently the sure. Jags D lineman uh Buckner like used to coach Farrell and like the Raiders D line and he like vouched for him a lot in the past. So I was like I mean if he's like looking for like a flyer kind of deal and like Buckner is still vouching for him, then Fair. maybe what about Bradley Roby? Uh if you had asked me like a year ago especially two years ago, I would have been all in. But, like, I feel like he just, like, hasn't done anything recently. And it's, like, like I think they, like, they're going to add to the cornerback room. And it's kind of, like, a matter of, like, which cheap bet they're going to be able to get. Yeah. So, like, I'd be fine with Roby because I think he was pretty underrated in the past. I just don't know how he is right now. Marcus Davenport? I think he's going to be too expensive. And he's right. been too injured in the past. But I'd be interested. 
You think he's going to get paid? I think he's going to get paid. Interesting. Um, I've got two interesting cut candidates for you. Corey Davis. I mean, like, if you're, like, if Jamal is going to be on the team next year, then, like, you kind of don't really need – because, like, Miko Harmon was another name I was interested in as, like, basically a guy to do the Agnew role, especially since, like, Andy Reid's Chiefs drafted him in the second round. So, obviously, that, like, offense prioritizes that type of player. But, yeah, Agnew – since Agnew's sticking around, I feel like the only, like, mold of receiver the Jags really need for 2023 is, like, big body. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I agree. D- Davis, Davis would be interesting. Like, if you're gonna add a receiver, Davis is probably like about as interesting as you're gonna get this year. I mean, just that's why the Ridley move was so prudent because, like this this year's like receiver group, just it, it's not enticing at all. <laughs> like Michael Thomas is like the most enticing, even like with the knowledge that he probably runs a four eight right now. And like, it, I think, like, your 10U under team, like, half of them could beat him in a right face. Like, if Calvin Ridley is a free agent, he's by far the, like, biggest, like, receiver on the market, right? Because, like, right now, I, th- I feel like it's probably um, Jacoby Myers. Probably. Is, like, the consensus. Who's, like, a fun and good player, but is, like, someone that you'd expect to be a wide receiver, too. What about Odell? <laughs> I mean... I'd be down, but I feel like any team he signs with is like going to be pretty incentive heavy, unless some team is just like is so desperate for him that they give him a decent amount of guaranteed money. But like, it's been so long since he's. I mean, I think he was like a pretty like real contributor for the Rams Super Bowl run, and people yeah. like don't give him as much credit as he probably deserves for like that year. Yeah, like he still hasn't played in a while since so, what that that Super Bowl, right? Yeah. He, did something in that Super Bowl. I right, forget what, about what the injury was. Robert Tonyan Jr. No. No. What, what about – I'm not even going to entertain that one. What about uh, another <laughs> candidate, uh, Zeke Elliott, which probably doesn't mm. make sense because I think if he is cut, it would be post-June 1st. And by then, like, the Jags will have already figured out their position. But I feel like hypothetically Zeke would be a good fit. Irv Smith? I mean, of all the – free agent tight ends available or Smith is probably like the most interesting, but he still doesn't really get me that excited. I He's got like one, one of the guys that's been like burning fantasy players for 18 years. It feels like I got one more interesting one for you. Okay. I'll give you Zeke. Elliott. Uh, have any of these been interesting, John? <laughs> no, no, I'll give you Zeke. Elliott. It's probably the most interesting. I got you. All right. You ready? Yeah. Mercedes Lewis. Yes. Okay, that's the best one. I like that one. Tell, tell me why it doesn't like, make sense. Why it does not make sense? Yeah. Um, in case there's like still hurt feelings from not being like a jag for life, or like because he's thirty eight years old or whatever it is. He got to miss out on Urban Meyer. Yeah. Yeah. So what if he's? I think it'd be 40? fun. I mean, I assume he'd be better than Chris Manhurst was last year. You hate Chris Manhurts. Just me? Yeah. I, I, Chris Manhurts did good in his role last year, I thought. I think I just, I, like, I think what happened was he was, like, pretty underwhelming in the first few games. And then, like, as I kind of, like, wasn't able to watch film, 
consistently throughout the year, he was like a little bit more consistent. So like we just like we we're on different paths. I'm sorry, Chris. Throw, throw we, weren't, we weren't meant to be. Throw that in my face. Why don't you? <laughs> was able to consistently get film, i.e. <laughs> You weren't getting it to me on time, and I thought, I'm sorry. No, I, that's not what I was saying. I, I no, just got busy slash, like, uninterested in watching the film as the year goes on because, like, obviously the season is draining. It had nothing to do with you, seriously. Your words ring loud. <laughs> um, I'm going to try to see if I have any other, like, free agents written down. But I kind of feel like we got to all the... This agency class stinks. <laughs> it does, honestly. So I'm sorry, this agency class stinks? This draft thing, it's like, yeah, be happy. In my opinion, they got Calvin Ridley and did something because, yeah, to, to me, Ridley counts as their offseason swing as they try to contend for this year. Uh, that's that's how I'm gonna at least say it in my head as I cope with how boring the next month or so will be. I, I like, I think that's a good, a fair point, though. I mean, maybe it is a little bit of copium, but I don't think you're wrong at all. I mean, why weren't more teams like in on trading for him? I don't know. I was thinking about that earlier today. It's like, I wonder if like was Baki the only GM to call? No, there were and a then, couple. There were a couple other teams that were calling Atlanta, but obviously none came as close as the Jaguars. I wonder if. I mean, I know that you said that Ridley like kind of got re-energized to play football because of how the Jags did after he was traded to them. But like, I feel like maybe like he had like a list of teams he was interested in, and the Jaguars wanted them. Because he did grow up in, I don't know what part of Florida, but in Florida. Yeah. And he mentioned in his article today that he was like excited to be closer to home, yeah. back in the state. So, all right, I've got three names: Jonathan Jones. Has played inside. He played. He was like the like defensive player of the year basically for the first six weeks of last season. And then he, like, started moving outside to cover all number ones. And then, like, the kind of, like, bigger guys just beat him up a little bit. But, like, he's, like, a very good slot corner. Is he going to get paid? I think he might be. That's, like, my one reservation. So, yeah, yes. Yes, horrible. Um, Julian Love. Yeah. I feel like they could improve their safety depth. And the last one is another Patriot, uh, Damian Harris, because I feel like he's a pretty solid player. And then, like, it was just one of those things that his time ran out because of Stevenson with the Patriots. And, like, Belichick is obviously known for not holding on to players for too long. But, like, I still think he's a good player. And, like, the Jags need an inside-the-tackles grinder, which is what he is. Yeah, no, I I, I think he's a good player. I think that's definitely, honestly, probably – like, if you want to look for, like, types of running backs that they should try to put around, you know, Travis Etienne, I think that makes sense. Uh, I mean, maybe Foster Moreau. Uh, yeah. Marcus Epps. Uh, it's a bad free agency class, man. It's like Orlando Brown is, like, the best non-quarterback available. Who <laughs> afford? Ooh, I actually kind of like Puna Ford. He caught yeah. my name when I was looking at uh, free agency last night. Yeah. No, this, this like, free agency class, it's it's awful. It's, like, all guys who have been signed and tagged already. I feel like every year there's, like, a bunch of, like, vet tackles where it's, like, 
like they're all like interesting of like a six or seven out of ten and then yeah but it's like it matter it just depends on like where they end up and how healthy they end up being for the next season for the production if they could like if they could add any one player from this class i'd probably say Draymond jones or zach atlin Draymond jones would be like so great but like i just figure he's gonna get way too much money for the jaguars to even consider he is he is i want him strictly strictly because he was like what what is it? Cutting a promo on Urban Meyer, like in week three of <laughs> Urban Meyer's head coaching tenure. So <laughs> it's like some Broncos guy like asked you, like, are you surprised the reports coming out of Jacksonville dysfunction? He goes, No, I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did he go to Ohio State? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> and this was before they played the Jaguars that week. Yeah. Like I, that, I remember oh, in that entire week, like I was like, I want to ask Urban about Jamont Jones's comments, but I generally don't know if he. We're, would know who he is. <laughs> I really don't. Yeah. I, okay. League. I, w- I always like going like to look at the backup quarterback free agent class, honestly, which isn't really relevant now because of the Beffert extension. But yeah. a couple percent could have been fun. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You, you don't. What what did Doug say at the combine? You don't want them to uh, threaten the quarterback. Okay. Yeah. So what? Since the, the guy who like wrote an article about drafting a quarterback every draft. I know. Didn't he take Hurts and then the whole Foles debacle? Who uh, the free agent quarterbacks? It's Wentz, Mariota, Mayfield, Darnold, Jimmy G, Bridgewater, Case Keenum. Brissett, Mason Rudolph, Flacco, Andy Dalton, and Mike White. God help you. Uh, I'll do. Taylor Heineke also. Mike White is definitely overrated generally, but I would still sign him. We like with that said, and then like Sam Darnold would probably be like the young quarterback with like maybe he's got some potential because he was a former first round pick that I would like just throw on my team. This is an obscene thought, but I, I wouldn't mind seeing Sam Darnold as a Trevor Lawrence backup one day. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I want to circle back to contracts just because to try to like clear it up for myself and everyone else. When the Jaguars do restructures, like this time I'm serious when I say like explain it to me like I'm five or like I'm Michael Scott. Because like in terms of like adding the void years and like doing like pushing signing bonuses to the back there's a lot of like kind of buzzwords and like people like read it but like i feel like don't really fully understand it so my brass my grasp on it and you can just tell me like whether or not i'm wrong or on the right track is that like the team will take guaranteed money from the like near future and just push it back in the form of signing bonuses in later years so that like as soon as like if they push it back like a to make a signing bonus bigger in 2025 just as soon as the 2025 year starts the player gets that like big signing bonus so it's just like pushing back a bunch of guaranteed money in the form of signing bonuses yeah, yeah. I mean, it's basically like making sure that player like for those years is more or less like if you restructure a guy he's there basically for the, the duration of his contract right and it's just like because i think 
I don't know if Roy Robertson Harris got Boyer's, but I think Foyer definitely did. And it's like if you if you look at the contracts, like whatever the Boyer's are, it's like they're not playing on that. It's just like I don't know. I yeah, guess it's no. hard to explain without a contract in front of me, but yeah, no, no, it is. And Foyer is the one. I think Foyer got like three Boyer's. I want. I want to say Fourier is the only one they did Voyeurs for, and that's like basically the player is still getting the money, but they're getting it, you know, at in different like allocations and at different times than they previously would have. And you can do it as long as you have the equity, you know, to pay those, you know, cash amounts. And so basically, if you have an owner who's willing to spend, you know, there's a difference between cap space and available cash which is, you know, super important. Like how much a player gets paid cash-wise can sometimes be very different than their cap hit, you know, which is, you know, teams like the Eagles, they're, they're awesome at, you know, players, you know, they most of the time their cash is higher than their cap, you know, so they're able to, you know, keep players happy while also keeping them at a reasonable cap hit, which is more or less, you know, what the Jaguars are trying to do. And they're trying, it's basically asking the owner to spend money so that they can, you know, free up money for right now and kick it down the road and have the owner agree to pay that money when the bills do. So you, your owner has to be on board with it and willing to do it. And to me, it's at the very least a, a sign that Shad Khan has basically given them like a blank check and said, okay, do what you got to do. <laughs> yeah, I think that that sounds about right. But I like usually it seems like a bad idea just because you don't want to end up like the saints where you're like no like i don't care what anyone says like the saints are in cap hell and like like Derek carr is gonna lead them to a 10 win season at best and then they're just gonna be stuck in mediocrity and because like they keep pushing contracts to the future but like the one reason that actually makes sense for a lot of teams now including the jaguars is because of the just like the way the cap is gonna rise i mean first of all because covid brought it down so then it was like oh crap like us as NFL teams don't have a lot of money right now because of COVID. So let's like push stuff to the future after COVID when it goes back up. So COVID in the past and then TV deals in the future are going to make it shoot up. So it does make sense for, even though like they have a quarterback on a rookie contract. So hypothetically they'd be like paying out other non-quarterback players a lot. Now it does make some sense to push it farther to the future. That's my response to every questionable contract and free agency caps going up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I'm looking at the outline here, John. I think we might have hit it all. Yeah. You, uh, you got any hot takes for me? Ooh. Shoot, I don't know. I would. I guess not. My hot take is I would trade up for. I don't know if it's how much of a hot take it is. I would whatever the cost is. I would trade up into the top fifteen for. Joey Porter Jr. or Devon Witherspoon. Mm. I like that. I just I Ringo didn't have the combine. I thought he was gonna have. Like he his 40 was obviously excellent, but I I didn't expect him to test as uh, mid as he did in everything else. Yeah, because I feel like it's definitely like first of all, Gonzalez feels like he's almost in a tier of his own, which like I don't know if like a lot of people would really say that, but just based on like where he goes in every single like yeah. mock draft with like, I think he's like, definitely the first guy off the board. Yeah. He's like, seems like a locked in first cornerback taken locked in top 10 pick. And then like Witherspoon could also be a top 10 pick, but it's like he and Porter just like sort of depending on how the board falls. Same with Brian Branch. I'd say like, like there's like the Packers and then there's one other team. 
I thought of specifically that like really would like someone like Branch that was in the Jaguars. Oh, yes. That's not the team I was thinking of, but yes. Did, did Branch's forty consider at all? What was it? Four five eight. No, because like I don't know. Maybe I'm not giving it as much importance as I should. Nickel. But like, yeah, he's a nickel, and like I like I guess because like I was already expecting him to have like an quote-unquote underwhelming combine just because he is smaller like it's not like i really expected him to go crazy and anything it would have been nice i would have like rather preferred to see like other safeties do well so that it's like if branch gets picked 19th then like it doesn't sting as bad but now it's like you're gonna get branch in the first or like johnson somewhere i i'm not exaggerating right like those safeties tested terribly yeah they're all very slow okay um, I think Calvin Ridley will be top five in receiving yards in 2023. Ooh, top five in receiving yards. Yeah. Among all NFL wide receivers. That so, would, uh, not including Travis Kelsey. That would be a little bit more room to work with. That would mean he probably uh, would be in line for a new contract now. I don't. You tell me. I don't really. I don't know. What do you mean? You tell me. Well, because like, what? What's he on like right now? Does his current contract? Oh, he's currently on the fifth year option. I mean, I would give him an extension after today, no matter what. I I like. Does it make any sense to like extend him before the season? Before he like goes off and try to like. I'd like to see him. I'd probably want to see him play a game first. Yeah. Yeah, that's, just, too, that's too much of a galaxy brain. Literally just not a game. Smart. Literally yeah. just a game. Not not even a second game is not needed. Like get get through four quarters and then yeah, I'd probably do it. Yeah. Don't count preseason. <laughs> it's not like he's gonna play that anyway. Do you think? Well, I guess he's a new. Player. He should. He should. And he's been out for a while, so yeah, I yeah, guess he could. He should. I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking because, like, at this point, no stars really play in the preseason. I'm excited for them to show absolutely nothing in the preseason again for people to be worried. I mean, at this point, like, if you pay any attention to preseason, like, I mean, if you're a degenerate gambler, then hats off to you, I guess. But if you just like paying attention to the league, then, like, you basically just not pay attention to the preseason. I hate the preseason. I hate it, dude. I hate it. That's your worst. Is that your least favorite part of the season? The cover? Yeah. It, it, the, the second half, like, respect all these dudes fighting for jobs and stuff, but that second half's a nightmare. I would say, though, <laughs> my least favorite is, like, the hot take might just be that it's, like, in the middle of the season, just because by, like, week 14 or 13 every year, it's, like, like, I almost feel like I'm, like, making myself watch football sometimes because it's, like, I know that in the summer I'm going to be desperate for it. Right. So I got to, like, appreciate it while I can. But, like, and damn, it's exhausting. Suck. They usually suck too. Yeah, that that too. So <laughs> this year was different, but this year was weird because it was like I was like ready to like wind down and kind of like get into like I was to see early and stuff. So then like they and then they just like kept winning and I was like, I don't know. I was like on the fence of like I was like, what are we doing here, guys? Are we going all the way or like can I like not worry about football for a little bit? Well, what was it? They played nineteen games this year from week one till the end. Yeah, that's a lot of football, man. That's a lot of football. Well, I think we've done a lot of podcasting today, John, so I'm okay to wrap it up if you are. 
maybe we'll, I think uh, we did a little bit of a mini free agency preview today. And then next week, hopefully, we'll be back with uh, free agency review slash just see what's happening. Uh, I will say, before we get off, one to know as a Pop Warner offensive coordinator. Hey, congratulations. <laughs> what was your best play call? I know you remember all of them like Sean McVay. Um, the first play went to like negative six yards. <laughs> not going to lie. Dude, So the, the team we played, like I, I already know we're not a big team, yeah. but I swear to God, they had two defensive tackles who were at least each north of 225 pounds. And we played in the 10 and under like division. Yeah. They were massive. Oh it didn't, it didn't matter obviously, but they were massive, dude. Did they bring a little piece of paper written in green crayon that said, I am not? I, I thought the same thing. And then, <laughs> so we, we scored in the fall. Our offense was, you know, I, I, I take blame for it. Our <laughs> offense was so bad that we scored one touchdown and we scored two touchdowns in the spring. And after the second touchdown, I didn't see it until I watched the game back, like in the league that we have, like every game's recorded, which is pretty cool. Like I, I, I watched it back, see what I did. The quarterback evidently pointed at a kid as he was running by, then did the shrugs at the end of it. And oh, the, no. And then, and then hit like an extended gritty. And during the game, a ref came up to me. He's like, if he does that again, I'm going to flag him. And I didn't know what the heck he was talking about. And then I watched it, and I'm like, oh. this kid was so frustrated by not scoring for so long that he just had like three celebrations. In five seconds. <laughs> Dude, that's incredible. I've got a good celebration story. I'm playing a like football league, and there's this uh, like random kid on the team that I'm on who like, like he's good, but he comes up to me every single like before every play, being like, "Oh, I'm running a post corner on this one," and it's like, dude, I kind of like look at the six other people and like spread the ball because it's just a casual flag football league. And then like, but like last week he was like, "Dude, I gotta score this week because if I'm scoring, I'm gonna run over to the snack table because there's like a concession stand and get some." skittles and like pour them like down my throat like a marshawn lynch and and then it was just like the most like embarrassing thing it was like yeah he did it and it was funny but it was like it was also like a tight fourth quarter game and it was like dude we gotta like get the conversion here get over here did you win no we're one and four (laughs) we need to we need to start sending out some plays because i'm the quarterback but we got like no coordination yeah, because like half of it's half of it's my buddies and half of it's like random people. So I hear you. Did do you follow uh, Seth Galina on Twitter at all? Yeah, did, has he like not tweeted in a year or something? Because <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I really I really liked his work when he like started at PFF and like when he had the podcast with Deontay. And I feel like yeah. since he stops the pod, I don't know. I feel like I haven't seen a lot of his stuff. But yeah, no, I, no. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, no, he doesn't tweet at all. He uh, he he plays flag football and. Please go to his account and look at the video he tweeted like last week. He's like, the caption <laughs> was like, we lost this game by 30. And it's like him, like mic'd up or something during a game. And he tells somebody, he's like, I'm going to show press man and then I'm a trail and break on this. And he does it and picks it off and takes it back for a touchdown. It starts playing 50. Go, go watch it. It's, it's good stuff. It's so like stuff. Seth calls it as the defensive back? Yeah. Wow. That's <laughs> sick. Yeah, it was. Well, I'm, I'm like Seth, it, I'm a it was a good play, but unlike Seth, I just don't play defense at all. Yeah, now I'm 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 basically playing Madden with like nine and ten year old kids. I'm I I don't That's do anything. Like like literally, so it's the touchdowns we scored. I I did literally nothing. It's just like this kid being a phenomenal athlete. 
Mm. Well, you could say that about a lot of coaches at a lot of levels, but I'm maybe I'll, I'll try to get uh, someone to. My last game of the season is next Monday, so I'll try to get someone to record. Please do something cool happening. Please do, please. Yeah. I want to. I want to see you in a TL. I've seen. <laughs> I've seen Seth Galina. I've seen Mike K run the forty yard dash, but I haven't oh, seen. No. <laughs> I haven't seen you. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess I'll give us something to look forward to, since free agency might be a little bit dull. But until then, John, it's great catching up. Glad you had a good combine week. And uh, thanks for listening to the 34th episode of the Jaguar Report podcast. Until next time.